This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. This is Jared Timms. I am joined by my partner in crime today, Brock Davis. Brock, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Finally getting a relaxed day, and I'm enjoying it. Of course, yes. Thank you for everything you do. You are one of the guys out on the front lines right now for us. So thank you for all of that. We, we all appreciate it here. So, no problem. Of course. Yeah, so guys, we have a great show planned for you guys today. We're just going to you know, kind of talk a little bit of the beginning of the season, how it's kind of gone so far. And hopefully, guys, before we get started, hopefully you guys like this podcast and like what we do. And if you do, go ahead and get on to Apple Music and give us a five-star review. But only if you like what we do. You can follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at Jared underscore Tims. Brock, where are you at again? What's your uh, Twitter handle? BDROX8. BDROX8. Yes, go follow Brock, go follow Derek, go follow John. I know that we haven't really been getting onto this too much, but again, we're going to try our best to kind of stay a little bit more consistent right now. I, think, I know things have been crazy with everything going on and Derek and John and, you know, the old guys doing their thing. They got to work and so, but we're going to try to stay consistent with all this, all this stuff now. I know that we have baseball to be played and to be talked about. So I guess, you know, we can just kind of sort of jump right on into it. It hasn't really been the start of the season that we've really hoped for. I know that, you know, we thought that the Angels were going to jump out to, you know, whatever it was they were going to do. It hasn't really happened yet. We have seen a little bit of an improvement, though. I I say, you know, they've won two of the last three series, which has been pretty nice, excluding the Rangers series. Brock, I don't know how much of Angels baseball you've been watching, um, but... How do you think they have done so far? I mean, like, are they going above and beyond what you think? Do you think it's been exactly where you thought they were going to be? Or what do you, what do you say so far? Um, I've actually, believe it or not, even though I've been working a crap ton, I've actually been able to, to watch a, a good majority of them. I think I've only missed one or two games so far. Um, and from what I've seen, there's, there's a lot of positives. There's a lot of negatives. 
Um, but the good part about it is I think a lot of the negatives that I've been witnessing have been kind of things that I think can be fixed or need to be adjusted and, and you know, aren't going to stick around for long. The positives that I've been seeing are things that I think are going to stick around for the rest of the year. Um, those negatives were initially the bullpen within the first, you know, 10 games or so. And I think we've already kind of seen a little bit of improvement with that. Um, Robles coming back, having some shutdown uh, innings and getting some of his velocity back. So I don't know what happened there to get him back to where he needed to be. Um, Rendon seems like he's heating up. Uh, we lost Trout for those three or four days or whatever it was for the paternity leave. And as soon as he came back, he's been absolutely destroying the ball. And uh, so there's, you know, Bun I mean, Bundy, we'll leave that for a conversation later. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I'm not super disappointed yet with what, what's been going down. I think 7-12 and 12 isn't terrible. I think it's like, it's like the fifth or sixth worth, worst record in baseball. But the good part is, is that you know, that's 19, right? Yeah, my math is bad. 19 games, and so the, we're basically a third of the way through, and uh, we still have a lot of baseball to play. And I think that these last that that A series really had me on the upside of of how things are going to go. Uh, Tehran was a little rocky, but other than that, our offense has been blowing up. And if I'm not mistaken, this last A's game we overtook. Um, the MLB record for homers. I mean, I don't know if that changed today because we didn't we didn't play. But either way, we're we're up there with home runs, and our offense our offense can do it. And it's just going to be a deciding factor of whether our pitching can hold up or not. Yeah, you know, you said it perfectly. There's been a lot a lot of upside, and I know that you know all the positive people on Twitter have been getting hammered. Um, be it me, I know that I'm extremely positive about this. But I mean, there have just been so many real positives to take away from what they've done you know like even in the losses for me it's been like man they should, really should have won that game like it's been disappointing for sure seeing them lose and you know at one point they had the they, they've actually had the worst start in angels history i believe but um you know it, it was like wow you know this team really is it's it's really close you know like if it wasn't the pitching that let them down it was the hitting if it wasn't the starting pitching or the hitting it was the bullpen it just didn't all come together, and it feels like in the Mariners series is when it really started to kind of click in a sense, and it was like, all right, you know, this team has a chance to go, and then you got to the Rangers series, and it was like, oh my goodness, what is what are we going to do with this team? And then we got on to this last A's series, and it was like, wow, this team looks like they're going to do something cool, and it's going to come, come down to now the Angels face Bueller. They face um, Kershaw and they face Kershaw. Dustin May, and it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a battle, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I think the Angels match up really, really well against the Dodgers in this next series. I did a we already did a series preview on it, and hope, hopefully that'll that will out have already have come out when you guys are listening to this. But I think that it's gonna be a real good series. You know, I think that there's a chance that the Angels sweep the Dodgers. I, I really do, and you know, there's a chance that the Dodgers sweep the Angels. So I mean. And the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. We'd have to agree with that, right? Like, there's not really a team that's going to... Like, they're the favorite to win the World Series. I mean, I guess you could take the Yankees, but I'd say the Dodgers I, are the favorite. I personally think the Dodgers will win. But an yeah. another thing, too, that I forgot to say, I don't remember what game specifically it was. I think it was during... I think it was Game 2 or Game 3 of the Rangers series. Mm -hmm. uh stat popped up mid-game that said, you know, I don't know if it's changed since then, uh, but three games ago approximately it said that we had the lowest 
run differentials in our losses in baseball. So just in our losses, I think it said it was 2.12 run differential. So that means that basically every loss up until that point was within two runs. And that came to be the lowest uh, in MLB for the losses. So, I mean, that, that, that's a positive to me for sure, because if we're keeping every game close, then that's all we can really do. Definitely. No, yeah, that's a huge positive take from it. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I think they were, angels were like three and they might be like three and nine now, I think in games decided by three runs or less. So yeah, I mean, (laughs) three and three and nine or whatever it is in those games, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's just not quite clicking on all cylinders. And I think that you know, they've really kind of turned that corner, and I'm excited for this Dodgers series. It's going to be a really, really fun series. I mean, every every series against the Dodgers is fun, but I think this one, I mean, there are so many superstars in it. Like, I can't think, like, we're going to look back at this series when we're older and be like, wow, there were a lot of Hall of Famers. I mean, look at, the, you have Kershaw, um, just on the Dodgers alone. Kershaw, Mookie has a good chance of being a Hall of Famer. Cody Bellinger continues what he's doing. He has a good chance of being a Hall of Famer. Um I mean, Walker Buehler's young, but he's on a good start. Dustin May is unbelievable. Um, and then on the Angels side, Trout, Rendon has a chance to be a Hall of Famer. Um, Albert Pujols is going to for sure be a first battle Hall of Famer. So, I mean, this, it's, it's going to be a great series nonetheless. So, again, Brock, actually, you were the one who kind of designed this whole po- um, podcast in a sense. I just took exactly what you wanted to talk about, and we're going to bring it all together. So, who have you been impressed with? By a player standpoint, let's. I guess we can kind of both name one. I think we both have one off the top of our head that we're going to be impressed with, and then we'll give somebody that we've been disappointed with. Brock, what do you got? Uh, my obviously the the right answer for this question is is Dylan Bundy. I mean, my God, I don't know what this dude's been doing, but I like to call him uh, Three Musketeers because I mean I th- I know they keep calling him Wyatt Earp on the broadcast, but for some reason the facial hair just reminds me of him wearing like the medieval outfit with like a little thin sword (laughs) and dude he's been slicing and dicing every single start and it's it's been unbelievable and refreshing and it's i i think that it was really unexpected for me i i I think like teron's performance that he just did and the one before that was kind of more or less like what was expected from bundy and teron from my mind i was like yeah i mean they're gonna give up some runs but hopefully our offense can make up for it but Bundy's gone out there and just been like, nah, that's not, that's not how this is going down. I'm going to be striking out close to 10 every game and not giving up a run. And it's been, it's been gorgeous. Um, so that's super exciting. Biggest disappointment for me has been Jaya. I don't know what his deal has been. Um, I'm, I'm hoping he'll come around. It's been a rough, it's been a really rough time for him just in general with injuries and trying to figure out how to get back to that power that he once had. And I feel bad for him, honestly. I really do. I just hope that he can find it, you know, at some point this year and maybe give us ten to fifteen jacks by the end of the year and, and I'll be content. But he's gotta figure it out. He's he's getting under the ball so much that any time that he's making contact, he's just popping it straight up in the infield and it's just driving me insane. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that very much so. It's it's been a rough start for Justin Upton. I'll, I mean, those are obvious, obvious answers. I'll, I'll give my two, the pers- the guys, I'll, I'll pick two. The the catchers have impressed me incredibly. I mean, Jason Castro and Max Dashley behind the dish. You might be able to just kind of hand them like a thank you note for the pitchers as well. I think that they've really helped out the pitchers too. 
you know, you have two pretty good veteran catchers back there who know how to catch. And the bats have been really good, too. I mean, they almost I think they've been one of the best catching duos in all of baseball. And it's been really refreshing to see that. We haven't seen Angels have really good catchers like this since. I mean, Martin Maldonado was pretty good. But I forgot. I can't think of who his, who his um, backup was, in a sense. I mean, Benji Molina was really good. They've probably had some Matt, guys. Mathis, Mathis was at some point, no? Yeah, Mathis and Napoli probably, you know, those those two right there are pretty, pretty good. Um, I like that. I like that duo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But this duo is pretty solid too. And, you know, it wouldn't I would not be upset if the Angels brought Castro back again to just platoon it with Stassi. It would be nice and nice and easy, a simple, simple acquisition during the offseason. So, and then one guy that has disappointed me, of course, I mean, Justin Upton, yes. But how about Hansel Robles? I mean, I feel like the velocity's been kind of down a little bit. You said that you mentioned that he's been, you know, feeling it back lately. But the velocity's been down a little bit, um, which has been a little bit disappointing in a sense. Um, but it feels like he's kind of getting his mojo back, and the bullpen's kind of getting going. But I really felt like the bullpen kind of operated around Robles in a sense. You know, if Robles was good, the bullpen was going to be good. We didn't really see that early on, and the bullpen wasn't very good. And lately, you know, the bullpen's been a lot better and Robles has been a lot better. So, you know, that was kind of been, I guess, in a sense, a disappointment for me. Um, maybe, I guess, Joe Madden, in a sense, has been a touch of a disappointment. I don't necessarily agree with all of the bullpen moves and such he's made so far. But I'm not, you know, Joe Madden doesn't play game, play the games. You know, the players do. You know, you have to go out there and perform. So you can't be disappointed in the manager. So on to our next 100%. question. Yes, 100%. On to our next question. You wanted to talk about the AOS predictions. So I'll let you handle this. Um, I have the, I actually have the standings pulled up right now. We have the A's that are the best team in the West. They are 13 and 6. Astros behind them are um, a couple games back. They are 8 and 10. The Rangers are 8 and 9. The Halos are 7 and 12. And the Mariners are 7 and 13. So Brent, what do you got? Or Brent, wow. Brock, what do you have for predictions? Sorry, I was talking to my friend Brent earlier today. He's been on. No, you're good. Yeah, Brock, what do you have for predictions? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different here, and this is I, I don't. The listeners are gonna learn something about me that I'm not gonna come on. I mean, I know that my J up and and Dylan Bundy situation was pretty basic, but that's genuinely how I feel on this one. Um, when it comes to predictions, I usually like to go for something a little more extravagant that i'll be more cool if i get it right and if i get it wrong it's like well i kind of went for it so i'm not really surprised that i was wrong so if i were to tell you hey i think it's going to be houston in first oakland in second angels in third and then and then texas and then seattle that'd be a basic answer that's probably what everybody's already projected and what everybody would have pictured in the beginning of the season now uh what i'm going to do is i'm going to say oakland in first um believe it or not you know they've always been a second half season team and it seems like they're kind of picking up where they wanted to pick up and they're starting the season off 13 and 6 so i'm gonna put them this is gonna take some math for me because i actually didn't write it down uh but i'm gonna say if they're 13 and 6 and we're playing 60 games i'm gonna say that what do you know what the dodgers are projected for um the Dodgers are projected for 37 and 23 according to FanGraphs at the moment and they are 12 and 7. Okay. 
So I'm going to go 35 and 25 for first place for the A's. That's what they're okay. project. They're, that's what they're projected right now, actually, by Fangraphs. So you're on. You're really? On. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. And then this is the part where that's going to get all uh, some of the listeners are going to be like, "Are you serious?" Mm-hmm. Putting the Angels in second place. I'm okay. down with that. I can, I can see that. I mean, the Astros have some injuries to deal with. I'm I'm fully with that. I could. And I'm putting them. Yeah. At thirty-three and twenty-seven. I can I can see that I can I can totally see that I could see the Angels taking off I I really could you know they're five games under five hundred they have a you talked about run differential actually they're actually a negative five run differential right now so yeah that's not bad at all for being seven and twelve that's that's nothing and then I'm gonna go Texas I'm gonna go Texas and I'm gonna do thirty one. And what would that be? 29, 31 and 29 yes. for Texas. And I'm going to go 30, 30 for the Astros. And for Seattle, I'm going to do 24 and 36. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I can totally see that on, um, I mean, it's not just because they're the Astros and you know, you want them to be bad. They got some injury issues there too. You know, mm-hmm. they're, their bullpens like literally all rookies. Yep, the bullpens had some struggles. You lost Justin Verlander for who knows how long. On um, the offense hasn't quite been the same. You can speculate all you want about why the offense isn't the same, but the offense just doesn't look the same out there. You know, so this is not a normal Astros team. And heck, they they could be back next year for all we know. But this year, I'm I'm 100 down on it and down with it. I don't think they're the same team that they normally were. And I've been saying that for a while. I just, you know, I don't think they're going to quite be there this year. So whether or not they play just 500 baseball, the rest of the way that is to be seen. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm totally with that. I could totally see the angels working their way into a second place spot. Um, the Rangers are, have good pitching. I mean, we saw it in that ballpark, that ballpark plays to them very, very well right now. So, you know, I can, I could totally see it. So, guys, on to our next kind of topic that we're going to be talking about. We have the big three in the Angels lineup. Trout, Rendon, and Otani. How many home runs do they end up with? I'll start it off by saying Trout has eight home runs, Rendon has four home runs, and Otani also has four home runs. I guess I'll add in another one just because the fans, we haven't talked about him yet. David Fletcher has three home runs. We're gonna, we'll predict David Fletcher as well just because he's a fan favorite. I'll, I'll let you take it away. How many home runs do you think that they finish with each? So you said Trout's at eight. Trout's at eight. He's uh, he's have... on pace for 25. I'll say that because I did his stats today. He's on pace for He's 25. projected for 25? Yes. Mm, okay, I'm going to call 31. All right. It's, it's Mike Trout. That's... It's not, it, that's not, that wouldn't be unheard of. It's Mike Trout. He and can do anything. For me, that would be pretty bonkers because when you really break that down, that would be basically more than a home run every other game. Yeah. No, like I said, it's it's Mike Trout. Like, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. But if he, like an, an, a crazy number that would surprise me would be 50. Like, even maybe 45 would be crazy. But anything less than that, it's like, well, it's Mike Trout. That doesn't surprise me at all, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. that would be, that'd be pretty crazy. But, I mean, he's he's had eight and he missed. How many games did he miss? Three or four? I think he missed three. three four. I think he missed four. All, oh, no, I think he just missed three. I think you just missed that one series. Yeah, so we've played, what's our record? 7 and 12, so 19, and he's missed four. So he's played in 15 games and has eight. So that's already more than one a game, or more than 
won every other game. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 31 is my prediction for Trout. That's a crazy. Um, that's a crazy pace to keep up. I'll say that, but it's Mike Trout, know, and it doesn't surprise. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Rendon, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 20. Okay. Is that four uh, right Otani, now? Otani, so. 18. And who else? Fletcher. Yeah, David Fletcher has three home runs right now, but the power has been there for him this year. <laughs> I'm gonna say 12. 12. That's pretty good. That's a, that's a lot. I was gonna say seven for Fletcher. Um, 15 for Otani, though he could just kind of go off and do whatever. Um, 18 for Rendon, and I mean, I'll keep the pace. He's on pace for 25, so I'll say 25 home runs for Trout. And again, that wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. So again, guys, I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast here. We have some questions we're going to go over, but I just wanted to remind you guys, if you guys like what you guys are listening to, go on and give us a five-star review. Follow us at Talking Halos. Email us at um, TalkingHalos at gmail.com. Um, Brock, where can we find you on Twitter? I'll plug you again. Uh, BDROX8. BDROX8. Go follow Brock there. And guys, let's get on to some fan questions. Um, just a couple of them here. We have some fun ones here with John, who couldn't be on the show tonight, but he will be soon. So the first question comes from j underscore victory underscore second he wants to know when simmons is going to be coming back and that is actually kind of an easy question um but we'll elaborate on it a little bit more i think that by the time you're listening to this simmons will already be back i think he's gonna come back during this um dodgers series if i'm not mistaken it looks like he's been taking you know he's been doing everything in long beach um the one thing that worries me and i know if Derek was here he'd be saying the same thing is that this is another leg injury for Andrew Alton Simmons. And you got to kind of wonder if the Angels are going to bring him back as well. He's a free agent. You know, I know we're going to we're going to talk about the trade deadline a little bit more when it at the end here. But the trade deadline is approaching. The Angels are under 500. You know, there's a chance that they make the playoffs. But you could also possibly trade Simmons away for a nice piece down in the minors as well. So, Brock, I'm. I'll actually kind of just move this question forward to you. What do you do with Andrew and Simmons in the in the future here? You know what? I've always been pretty high on Simmons. I've, I mean, I'm a big defensive guy. I grew up playing shortstop as my main position, and Eckstein being probably my favorite, one of my at least top five favorite Angels of all time. Um, and big part of that was kind of the same reason that people love Fletcher. Uh, Eckstein was kind of a Walmart budget Fletcher. Uh, maybe not even, I can't even really say that. They're kind of in the same ballpark. Fletcher and Eckstein are, are the, the kind of angel mentality that I grew up with watching with the, the, you know, the roughness and just the, the grittiness and just getting down and dirty and diving and sprinting and just like sprinting back to the dugout after every three outs, just like kind of just, that's how the angels were for me growing up. And Simmons does that he gets he gets down and dirty at shortstop and he makes plays that a lot of other shortstops can't make phenomenal shortstop uh but for me i think the game has changed a little bit and like we got to get some offense like fletcher is a great defensive player probably in the same realm as uh, as simmons but yet he goes up there and he's he's having the the lowest percentage swing and miss in baseball and he's hitting for average and he's getting on base uh, enough for Trout and Ren- Rendon and Otani, excuse me, Rendon and Otani to score him to where Simmons is batting in that, that six to eight range. And 
you know, this year and even a little bit of last year, he's not, he's not showing up. He's not, he's not doing his part in the lineup and it, it's frustrating. So if we are able to somehow get someone that is able to do solid defense at shortstop, I know we're not probably going to get Simmons quality defense at shortstop because that's really hard to come by. Um, but have somebody that's serviceable at shortstop, that's going to stay healthy, um, be able to make pretty solid defensive plays and, and have some speed, but then also be able to provide uh, middle of the lineup power or top of the lineup contact non-base uh, or just contribute to the lineup as a whole. We, we kind of need a shortstop, in my opinion, needs to be the most five tool you got in your lineup, you know, other than, you know, unless you got someone like Trout on, on your team, then it's kind of hard to do. But generally, uh, 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 you know, look at a Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins was fast. He was able to play great defense. He had some pop at certain times in his career. I think his uh, MVP year in 07, I think it was the year he got an MVP, he had 30 jacks. And he was able to get on base and hit for average above 300. So that's the kind of five-tool shortstop that, that I would love to get. Um, who that would be, I can't really tell you. We're probably talking like Trevor's story, and that wouldn't really happen for us. But this is a very long answer. Sorry. I say get rid of Simmons. I think it's time. Uh, I don't know what his replacement would be. I don't know. I think we might have to move around our, our infield and put Fletch at short for a little while until we figure it out. But I'm, I'm kind of over. I'm kind of over it. I, I want to get rid of him. So I'm, I'm X-Nay on Simmons. I see where you're coming from. I, I definitely do. For me, and I would, I would bring him back. One, because I think that after this injury plug season and after last season, it's hard to give him the money that he's going to want. You'd be able to get him on a one-year deal. Maybe a, probably more likely a one-year deal. I was going to say two or three. Um, but more likely a one-year deal to see what he can do. He's still arguably the best defender of all time. That's not going to change um, mm-hmm. anytime soon, I don't think. And for me, again, David Fletcher... You're not going to win a game. We're not going to win any... You're not going to make it to the playoffs, should I say. Maybe this year you would. But you're not going to make it to the playoffs with David Fletcher playing one position. And I'm going to stick with that. I've always said I'm going to stick with it. Your your value with David Fletcher is letting him play multiple positions. So if he can start at second base one day, start at shortstop one day, give Rendon a day off, um, he can play left field. I mean, heck, he could probably even play right or center field if you really needed him to. He's the fourth string catcher. I mean, David Fletcher just kind of does it all. And that's where his value lies, in a sense. You don't have that backup yet. I mean, if you're going to go out there and look at Marcus Simeon, he's going to be over $100,000, $100 million to sign him. Um, I think Francisco Lindor is a free agent if he's not it's the year after so are you going to go trade for lindor give up bet uh give up somebody like i don't know brandon marsh and chris rodriguez and errol vera and maybe another guy just to get him for a year probably not the smartest of ideas there just aren't too many spots either for simmons to go so i think that if the angels were looking at bringing him back or extending him or doing whatever he would definitely take because there's not too many places you he's going to be able to go unless your name is the Baltimore Orioles or the Miami Marlins or somebody like that that you can really go. And I, I think that the Angels get worse when it comes down to it when you don't have Andrew and Simmons. 
just because of the fact that you can then play Luis Renifo anywhere, you know, you can play David Fletcher anywhere, you know, Tommy Lestella is also a free agent. What are you going to do about that? So you're losing your two guys basically up the middle. I think Lestella is more of a first baseman now, in my opinion, after watching some of this defense, but it is what it is, you know, so it, it it's, it's, it's tough to really not bring him back. And you're going to think that David Fletcher and Luis Renifo and maybe somebody like Jemai Jones, or maybe you can sign somebody or, um, or something like that are really going to take over up the middle. I just, I think that's a step back from what you really want to do in the long run. So I would say bring him back. Um, I know, I'm sorry, Jay, that really wasn't your question. I kind of wanted to elaborate on it a little bit because it was an interesting question because Simmons will be back soon. But I think in the long run, you really got an interest in your best interest is bringing him back. So on to our next question here. This is just kind of, a stat question in a sense. Um, Dragon underscore Cali, his name's Shane, wanted to know who are the top five in war in the last 162 games? Kind of a tough question to answer just because I kind of gave myself 15 minutes to answer this question and I didn't really do the math on it. Um, if you look back at the last 100 or 365 days played, the it, baseball in general has really only played 60 games. So it's kind of tough to give you that. So I did over the past two calendar years, and surprise, surprise, number one is Mike Trout, number two is Christian Yelich, number three is Alex Bregman, if you want to put an asterisk next to that, you can if you want, I don't really care, number four, Anthony Rendon, and five, Mookie Betts. Um, I'll add on to the question again, anybody on that list that you're surprised with or anybody you're not surprised with, Brock? Mm, Honestly, no. I mean, it sounds kind of exactly how I would have pictured it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Great question for us, Shane. Um, on to our good buddy, good pal, John, that is normally on this show but is not on tonight. He had a couple questions for us. He wanted to know why the Angels are missing out on a golden marketing opportunity of not letting fans purchase cutouts of themselves for the stands. Is it? Do we think it is just the team or do we think it's the marketing team or who do we think it is? Brock, I'll let you kind of answer that question. I don't know if you have your own theory behind that or anything or whatnot. I, I honestly don't. I don't really have a theory. When when John posted that, I was like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. I don't really know why. I, I don't know if there is a good reason or if it's just something that just hasn't happened. I, I honestly don't really know. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't know really. I I wish I did. Um, they do have some cutouts. They have like a family section. I saw Trout's dog. And I saw, um, I think Jessica's up there. And I know there's family um, in the family section, cutout-wise, that are there. So that's kind of cool um, to see. But, you know, yeah, it would have been, I guess, in a sense, nice to see some cutouts. I don't know if it has anything to do with the marketing behind it. Because there are, like, those Lexus seats right behind home plate. Um, Mm -hmm. So it could have something to do with that. They probably entertained putting cutouts. Um, It's definitely not easy to do that. In a sense, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't really know. You know, it might be an arty thing, might be a marketing thing, but yeah, it would have been cool to have, but it is what it is. Um, John has a second question for us. He wants us to grade Joe Madden this season because, quote, last year we heard the cry to replace Osmus, and this year so far, it doesn't seem much different. Brock, what do you, what is your grade for Joe Madden this year? Hmm. <laughs> This is tough for me because I thought I was a big Joe Madden guy. <laughs> so this is hard. 
Um, I honestly, I want to give it more time. I mean, I'm going to give a grade, but I would say for now, I'm going to go like a C plus. And that's because I think every, every Angels fan is kind of on the same page right now where he's made some questionable decisions, uh, lineup, lineup decisions, not keeping trout in the two hole. Um, taking out pitchers when we weren't sure why it could have been beginning of the season type deal um, or just something he had for specific pitchers to try to, you know, avoid injury. I don't, I don't know what, what the reasoning is behind it. And that's why it's so hard to do these things because he might have legitimate reasons. And if we were to sit down and talk to him and, and ask him why his answer might surprise us and make us change our mind. Um, but I, I'm going to go with C plus, but you know, at the end of the day, the record doesn't reflect what the manager does all the time. You know, I think Osmus Osmus did play a role in our 72 and 90, but at the same time, there was a lot that went wrong last year and Osmus was just a part of it. And I think he got a lot of unnecessary heat that wasn't due to him. Um, I definitely hated the whole pulling pitchers out way too early. I don't, I don't like that. But at the same time, you know, people are getting mad at, at Madden at, at questionable decisions. But at the same time, if a pitcher doesn't want to be taken out, pitch like Bundy and he'll let you stay in for a hundred plus apparently. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to say C plus. I will give him a, just a solid B, you know, there's nothing wrong. I have, been, haven't been too upset. I haven't, you know, been wild by Joe Madden. Um, I'll say this though: I am the least political person in the world. I could care less about politics because it, it is what it is. But when it comes to somebody of power, Joe Madden, Donald Trump, the governor of, the, of California—I don't even know who it is. That's how much I know. Um, a school teacher, you know, anybody in power—they are going to make some mistakes that you're going to question and be like, why the hell did you do that? And you're also going to be like, thank you for making these great decisions that you've made. You've done a great job. So there's not anybody who is ever going to be perfect. And there's not anybody who ever is. Well, I, I take that back. There's also, there's always going to be somebody who's not great, but there's nobody ever, ever who's going to be perfect. You know, Joe Madden might be that guy. It's not fair to really give him the, the once over so quickly we're less than 20 games in we're 19 games into the season he hasn't been able to pull off his antics that he normally has you know i mean there's no like you can't bring anybody into the clubhouse right now you know you can't he can't do any of that stuff that we saw in chicago or tampa or even when he was here so it's just one of those things we're just gonna have to kind of wait and see so Guys, on to our last question here. It is from James Allen. James wants to know if there are any pitchers available before the trade deadline. The deadline is August 31st. Brock, do you have anybody in mind? You know, it's funny that somebody asked this because just about a week or, week or so ago, I was like, man, I have a real good feeling we're going to pick up Stroman. And then he opted out. <laughs> <laughs> So from this point on, um, I, I don't really have my eyes on anybody specific. Um, I was actually going to ask you because I, I saw them post that question. I was going to ask you where, what your thoughts were on, on that. Trade deadline this year is very, very tough. I mean, you look around and there's nobody really out of it yet. I mean, the only team that's really out of it 
are the pirates. And the only person that I would say, oh, go ahead and maybe you can take a chance on him is Chris Archer. I think Chris Archer is out for the year, if I'm not mistaken. So that wouldn't be anything that works. So it is, it's really tough to really pinpoint where you'd go with this. I mean, the Giants are 8-12. and 12, Diamondbacks are 8-11. and 11. You could probably go Robbie Ray with the Diamondbacks. I'm not too sure. So this is just kind of a tough trade deadline. I don't even know if anybody's really going to get traded this deadline. I really don't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's tough to really. I mean, count. why would you when you're when everybody's going to be so close and then have an expanded playoffs where over half the teams are making the playoffs? There's mm-hmm. everybody's in it. I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. Even the Marlins are in on this race right now. The Orioles are in on the race. I mean, the only team that I can really say Pirates are three and thirteen. The Red Sox are six and twelve. And the Blue Jays in six are six and nine. I mean, even the Blue Jays, I think, are still kind of in it. So everybody's going to be within five games of a playoff spot. It's really hard to trade anybody away unless you're for sure thinking that, you know, I don't, it's, it's just, I think it's, it's going to be a tough deadline. I don't think anybody's really going to be buying and selling this year. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Robbie Ray would be the one guy that I would say, oh, maybe the Angel will take a chance on him. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if there were zero trades this trade deadline, too. So. That's where I'm at with this trade deadline. We'll just have to wait and see as it gets closer and closer. I'm sure there will be trades, but we're just going to have to wait and see for the time being. Brock, do you have any final notes? Sorry about that. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, no, I don't really. I I just want to keep watching baseball, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the Dodgers series this weekend. Um, I think tomorrow we have Heaney, Heaney Kershaw, right? Yes, Heaney Kershaw. Um Trying to think of who the middle. No, it's not Heaney Kershaw. It's uh, Sandoval Kershaw. Heaney Sandoval Kershaw. Heaney Bueller mm. and May against uh, Tehran. Yeah, for sure. My fa- my favorite out of those three, and the one I'm most excited to watch is Heaney Bueller. Bueller is one of my favorite pitchers in, in baseball, favorite youngest pitchers in baseball. Um, between probably him, Clevenger, and Bieber. Uh, those three are, are are guys that I was watching last year that I was just astonished by, and uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm really excited, really, really excited for that game too. But yeah, I don't really have any any closing thoughts. I'm just, you know, we have a lot. You know, believe it or not, I don't know if if anybody can believe I'm saying this, but we got a lot more important things going on in the world right now than baseball. Believe it or not, and. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard for everybody to kind of focus and get away from it. But it's it's kind of nice to be able to just for once be able to sit down and and watch a baseball game and, and just get encapsulated in the game and get excited about it. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad that it came back and it's here. And, you know, at the end of the day, whether we make the playoffs or not, I'm just glad I was able to watch anything, honestly. Yes, I completely agree. I've said it since the beginning. I don't think the season is really about baseball. It's more about getting the mind of Americans and Canadians and everybody that watches baseball around the world off of what's actually going on in the world right now. And it's quite nice just to have three, four. I mean, I watch baseball all day, (laughs) so I get, I get six, seven, eight hours of baseball while you guys all go and work. But yeah, it's it's nice to just kind of have that to take your mind off stuff for a little while. I will say that. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad that, like you said, baseball's back. So, for us here at Talking Halos, we appreciate you guys all so very much. And um, before we go, I'll say this. The first person, I'll do a little giveaway since we haven't. 
the first person who messages me will get a I see bobble I have two bobbleheads sitting above my head. The first person that messages me will get the bobblehead and it's an Albert Pujols 600 home run bobblehead and I'm assuming that somebody will actually listen this long and another one will go to Brock. Once somebody messages me though, I have to make I have to make it Ooh. feasible for Brock as well. So I got a I got a Mike <laughs> Trout signature ball right here. Should I give it away? No, don't give that away yet. <laughs> No, that's my only one. Yeah, exactly. Don't give that away. But and it's sitting on top of a Mike Trout. This is going to be a a sponsorship right here. Lumberland Co. I don't know if any of y'all heard of that. I have not. Lumberland Co. <laughs> is a bat. A, I don't even know how to explain it. It's a bat oh, barrel mug. I have heard of that. You're right. Yes, I do know about that. Those are the best. And so. it's a Mike Trout one. <laughs> And I have the, cause I don't use, I don't drink out of it. I think I drank beer out of it one time. And then I was like, you know what? This is too nice to drink beer out of. I'm just going to have it sit and look at. And now I just rest the Mike Trout signed ball inside of the top of the mug. There you go. That's fantastic. So guys, back onto it. If you are still listening to it, the first person that messages me on Twitter saying that you want the bobblehead, I will ship it to you. Um, the next one will go to Brock because he has been on the front lines that we all appreciate what he's done so very much. So Brock, you get the bobblehead once somebody messages me. Um, no cheating though, Brock, if you have a friend, I'm just kidding. I don't care, but just <laughs> what if as long I as message as, you, <laughs> do I get both? <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Oh, I just want to see gotcha. if any, I just kind of want to see if anybody listens this long. So first person that messages me, um, we'll get the bobblehead. I apologize if you're listening to this and I say, I'm sorry. I already gave it away. Um, but yes, I have a couple bobbleheads up there. I'll give them away. I do not mind. Um, so guys from us here at talking halos from Brock, me, Derek, who we haven't heard too much from and John, we appreciate you guys all so very, very much. Thank you for listening and stay safe. Drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.